Hi everyone, I'm here with my friend Larissa Meyer. She's the postdoc researcher at UCSF. Uh, her research is on drug policy uh, and she also has an interest in psychedelic research. So I'm super excited to ask her all of my questions that I'm burning to know. Uh, fun fact, as how we met, um, we were flying together from Vancouver to San Francisco and we happened to sit next to each other. We talked all night, the whole flight, um, well, it was only two and a half hours, <laughs> but it was really late at night and neither of us was going to talk, but then we just talked the whole time. And um, yeah, I learned that she lives now in San Francisco. She's originally from Switzerland and I'm really excited to, to ask her all of the questions about what she does, how she got into it, and what are the fascinating stories that she got from her research or any any of the stories that she has heard just by working in the field. So welcome, Larissa. Thank you, Maria, and welcome, everyone. I'm super happy to have this talk to, uh, with you today, and I'm excited what questions you got prepared for me. first question really is uh, just tell us more, more about your research and uh, while you're talking about it maybe you can tell us what what is psychedelic itself because different people might have a different opinion about what psychedelic actually is and uh, yeah I would like to know from from an expert that's a good question thank you so much so Overall, a psychedelic drug is actually a drug that strongly influences your perception, so it changes your perception. And compared to other drugs like alcohol, which also does change perception, but at the lower scale where your brain still functions and it mainly sedates you, or compared to stimulants that have a clear function of enhancing your attention and your wakefulness and whatever, a psychedelic is more uh, kind of an enhancer of the environment so you get to see like things in your environment differently than you would see them otherwise wow that's so cool yeah so what's your research on I know it's on drug policy but there's also an interest in psychedelic that's right yeah my research is really broad so what I'm doing now at UCSF for example is a Facebook intervention uh, for smoking cessation for people who want to quit smoking or who think about quitting that's one thing on the other hand, I'm also looking at tobacco and uh, cannabis control policies and I'm interested in the impact of youth substance use because here in the United States you have different rules for each state and in Switzerland equally we have different minimum legal age for tobacco sales so not everything is regulated equally nevertheless the consumption among youth is more or less equal across the states, right? right. So that's very interesting and Otherwise, I'm running a global drug survey, and this is a survey that takes part like annually, and more than 100,000 people take part. So it's gonna be online for you guys out there in November and December this year again. It's gonna be online for eight weeks, and we ask all about like all the substances you use. You don't have to use illegal drugs. We also have questions about tobacco and alcohol and other substances, and generally about your mental health. But it gives us an idea about how people around the world use substances and what the different patterns of use look like and maybe also what different effects look like. Right. When we look at the psychedelics, it's, it turns out that 
the psychedelics drugs are probably the most safest drugs to use. Wow, really? What you would not guess because they have the highest impact on your perception, right? And yeah. they change your world profoundly and your experience. But what is happening is that like um, these psychedelic drugs, when we ask about emergency medical treatment seeking, alcohol is much higher, cannabis is higher. And we, we see, for example, methamphetamine or um, like all these new psychoactive substances and synthetic cannabinoids related to much more acute harm uh, mm -hmm. than when compared to psychedelics. So it's almost not possible to overdose with psychedelics. I mean, you can have a very high dose that can cause a really challenging experience. Right. That could influence your behavior that will then lead to something like an emergency room situation but by itself exactly. the, the effect on the body you probably will have less of an impact compared to alcohol or or even cannabis right and something else we see when we look at the data of our survey is that people who use psychedelic drugs they don't use them every day right right so they wait for special occasions like a festival or like a retreat or they do it at home or in a really controlled setting but they would not like go out three or four times a week and have a glass of alcohol or like a, yes. like people do with alcohol what yeah. I want to say. yeah so that's a difference so most of the people who use uh, psychedelic drugs they they are reflecting maybe more about their use than we do in our general lifestyle with alcohol and other drugs, right? Wow, that's so powerful. I remember um, a time where my friends in college were sharing their experience with the mushroom or psilocybin, as you call it, um, and they were telling me never ever do it um, because they did it and I think they were having a party and that was such a bad idea. Now that I'm reflecting on their experience, after having read some books and research, I understand that it's not a party drug. It's actually something you should take when you want to self-reflect. Um, and I know that there are some other cases, even in medical situations, that people take it. But it's mm -hmm. definitely not the place where you're surrounded by people you don't trust, because the environment could also influence your experience. Absolutely right. So most importantly, we have three factors that actually compute to the experience and it's always about drug set and setting. So all the three things actually are relevant and the drug itself that you use makes only a part of it. For the other drugs, uh, setting uh, may matter, but maybe not so much. What is the set and the setting? Yeah, that's what I wanted to explain to you. So the drug we know, um, most of the part with the illegal drugs, we have a problem that we maybe not know exactly about the content of the drug, what it really is, or to what dose you consume. So these are in important informations that you want to know first. Mm -hmm. Then you need to be the right set, uh, like your person, like it's all about you, how you feel that day, whether you slept enough, whether you have in had enough food, and importantly, when you're out in hot places or also in a crowded club, that you've drank enough water. Right. Right. And so this is something that can influence your experience also. And the third point, the setting is actually the location and also the friends you surround yourself mm -hmm. with. And it's a different thing whether you do it like at home in a safe setting, in a setting or, um, where you um, like um, where you know what you're doing and you're yeah. familiar with and you're familiar with the people, or whether you do it somewhere out at a party or a festival, surrounded by foreigners and situations that may um, influence your trip as well. Yeah, absolutely. So if I understand correctly, 
there's the drug itself, what was the substance of the drug, what the, uh, I guess, intention of the drug is. The set is your mood, is how you feel about yourself, about the situation right now. And the setting is your environment, um, where you're located and who's around you. Yeah. And most mm -hmm. importantly, with the set, also the body goes with like people who are like underweight or overweight, they may need other doses to take. And this is also not considered when you just randomly use drugs yeah. that are illegal because you're not knowing the drugs as long as you don't have drug checking services available. Yeah. And to, uh, to today, it's still illegal in the United States to mm -hmm. test for drugs. Although we know that people are taking drugs and this would be a way of harm reduction to actually make drugs safer for those people who anyway decide to use drugs who are interested in that. But with the psychedelic drugs, like especially when we talk about uh, psilocybin, like the mushroom, that's a plant-based drug and there of course people can go out and collect it themselves. Yes. Without knowing what the actual dose is, but mm -hmm. trusting the nature that what they take is probably good for them. Yeah, so why did you decide to get into this research field and how did you even, what influenced your decision to actually start that when you were maybe in school or in a teenager? I was, I was really curious to know how people make this decision that are now going to dedicate my whole life to research. Yeah, that's a good question. and. I feel like um, most of the stories and most of the narratives around drugs, especially in the politics and in the media, are very negative. Mm -hmm. So it has a long history and um, people are afraid of the effects of drugs, people are afraid of people who use drugs or who are addicted to drugs. And all that has caused a lot of harm, of course. Yes. And the way I learned about drugs, first drug that I learned about was probably tobacco and alcohol as well was that these drugs were actually community building. So I was myself in a situation where I was very smart as a kid, maybe a bit overweight by the time, and I knew everything better in school. <laughs> so I didn't have many people who liked me, and people were also pushing me and I was pushing back. Yeah. And then at some point, um, when some people of a migrant background had their group who were smoking, I tried my first cigarette with them, and I was immediately becoming part of that group. And this um, was my first experience with any kind of uh, drugs, if you want to talk about that. And then it continued, the same was happening with alcohol, the same was happening with cannabis. And all the times when I was um, around people who were starting to use drugs, no matter whether legal or illegal, I was observing their behavior and I was actually seeing that these kind of drug using behaviors were community building and not destroying. So I started questioning like, why is it that we have this negative narrative around drugs when what I see as a teenager or as a young adult is actually the opposite. Of course you see people failing, of course you have bad stories from the parents or from other people who fail with drug use and uh, really horrible things that happen, but at the same time the reality in your cloud of being a teenager was different. Mm -hmm. So my interest actually very early on was to look at drug use over the lifespan to actually see what are the factors that make some people using drugs, in, including legal drugs like alcohol, for a certain amount of period, maybe excessively, and then giving up and having a normal career and succeeding life. And what are the factors for others um, that actually make them fail? Mm -hmm. That's very interesting to recognize that as you're using the drug, you're actually becoming a part of that group 
and more accepted as you said that you didn't have a very good necessarily experience um, as, a, as a young adult and then immediately you became accepted in that community and you became a part of that group with there and maybe you were able to share freely um, that's very interesting perspective I never actually heard of that um, I never really thought about it that way mm -hmm. but that's that's a very interesting insight yeah, and when I was young, I was also like starting to organize parties in, in Zurich, in Switzerland, but also in Germany. So I was having shuttle buses going from Zurich to Germany for just a party, just one night. And many people in this uh, car would actually take illegal drugs. Mm -hmm. But people were caring for each other. And even if a person felt bad, this person was not left behind. And never something bad happened. Like everyone came home or they went to the next stop. Like they took another after hour yeah. or whatever. And everyone was happy and also there there was a time before Facebook or at least in Europe where you had these uh, websites where you would search for your pictures from the night before and then you would connect with your fellows and actually build this community really cool. so the community was super strong and it was nice to experience and for many people drugs were a part but at the same time it was much more accepting like um, you must imagine when you have a birthday party and someone comes and asks if um, we're gonna take a shot. If you as a woman say, I don't take a shot, then they ask you whether you're pregnant or whether something is wrong with you, right? <laughs> so this is not happening with illegal drugs or also with psychedelic drugs. People really know that um, only people who desire to take mm -hmm. these drugs will be offered drugs if they're getting offered at all. Yeah, very cool. So what would be uh, an interesting or exciting, I would say, story that you could share during your research that you learned about the psychedelic, especially now that we know that they actually influence how um, we see the world, our perception, and maybe some of the introspection world. Um, instead of just having fun with friends at the party, it's it seems like the drug has a more meaningful effect and reasoning behind taking it. So I would like to know what are some stories that you've learned from your research, your experience of talking to people, especially the surveys that you're taking. Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, when we look at drug use, we have this whole spectrum of people of like possible motives for use, and self medication is one of many possible motives. Like people trying to cope with a certain feeling or something that is wrong, right? And my most powerful experience was actually, or my most powerful story that I was told uh, was actually at this festival, Burning Man, that I just visited two weeks ago. It was... Uh, Can't wait to hear all about it. <laughs> there are so many stories, but especially this girl that told me about her experience with psychedelic drugs at the festival um, touched my heart. So. What happened was that at the festival you have this temple structure and each year a new temple is constructed and people can go in throughout the festival and actually uh, put some messages for people they have lost in life into the temple. So it's a great way to say goodbye to people that you have to leave uh, behind way too early. And she actually lost her sister and I was immediately thinking about my sister at home, what would happen to me, like how would I feel, how would I even cope, oh God, so yeah. it's, it's not possible and, and the, the good thing about this temple where so many people were saying goodbye to people was also me reflecting on how few people that I actually um, were important in my life I had lost, so I can be really really happy, right?
Yeah. And when she told me her story about the loss of her sister and the, all this suffering that she had around the drugs, uh, around this loss and whatever, it really uh, felt um, really sad. And she found a way um, to visit this temple like a few times throughout the festival. And on one, uh, one time she would actually go under the influence of psychedelic drugs. And she told me really um, how this felt. So she was in there and she also re she heard other people crying. So she felt way stronger about the emotions that were in this temple. It's just the, sh the structures of the sun was shining through. And, and she could smell like smells and she could hear and feel and touch touch the earth and being really close and it was it was for her like she felt really really close to her sister in that moment and she could talk to her and like transfer some thoughts she had and something she could never say to her in this moment right. and afterwards going out and enjoying the rest of the festival again and in that case uh, the drug actually worked uh, partially as a like functionally as facilitator Mm -hmm. for that experience and such experiences can be really powerful especially when they have this mystical experience but what is also asking questionnaires yeah. so in burning man itself uh you told me that you actually have a session where you gave a speech about maybe your research and uh, i actually don't know what the speech was exactly about so i'd love to know yeah i was invited by the mit phage science camp uh, to present some of my research about the global review on drug checking services in 2017. There was a study that I uh, conducted in collaboration with the Drug Policy Modeling Program in Australia because they had some deaths at festivals in correlation with drug use and they wanted to make the festival as a venue safer and enable drug checking at the festival that people have a substance use analysis and they know what kind of drugs they're taking. And we looked at actually at 31 countries who had drug checking. And just as we're sitting here right now, in Austria, uh, Czechia is celebrating 20 years of drug checking. That's, it's, that's amazing. It's amazing, right? And in Europe, there are more initiatives who are going long. Also in America, Dansafe is on the market for more than 20 years. But uh, the differences are really related to the measurements they have, because not everyone has a lot of money for having good um, instruments to actually measure both uh, the um, drugs, the identity of drugs and the purity of drugs. Right. And it can be really important, especially looking at MDMA and other drugs, or even LSD, a psychedelic drug that can be super high dose, like when you have a blotter and you want to take like 100 micrograms or 125, which is about the usual dose. In August in Zurich, we just tested one blotter with 350, which is more than double the dose. So this has also meanings um, and implications for the duration of your um, uh, your trip, but also it can be really challenging because it's much stronger than the effect you would even as an experienced user normally expect. And these are things we have to talk about and uh, at Burning Man it was the perfect setting to talk about these kind of things. Yeah, that's, that's really great that they're very responsible at Burning Man and providing all of the facilities and the environment to feel safe. Uh, I know that that's actually a drug-free zone, but they they accept um, the use or they acknowledge that there might be people who are are tripping. Exactly. Yeah, it's really good. It's a festival yeah. that is running since 1986. It started just here in San Francisco at Baker Beach, and um, 
yeah, um, it's part of the festival that some people want to increase the anyway great experience with some kind of illegal drugs. And they have law enforcement who are checking for people, but at the same time, in the flyer they mentioned really popularly or really prominently the project Sendo, which is a harm reduction project that helps people with difficult psychedelic experiences, like getting them down and getting them briefing and talk, talking to them until the bad effect is over. And interestingly, when we look at our study, at the Global Drug Survey, we see that people with challenging experience not necessarily consider them as bad trips because they learn something and it still helps them to reflect on their lives and can be a lesson learned. Yeah, that I, I heard that many times that even a bad trip is still a very profound experience that could teach you or reveal something really profound about your past that you might have suppressed and never, never had to deal with. Uh, so I definitely agree that there's there's just so much potential in it. So I know a friend of mine, she lost someone really important in her life and she went to Peru uh, to mourn because she lost any hope or meaning in life. And she was able to really feel what he felt and really connect as to why he did what he did and let go. And uh, I'm really, actually really interested about how does that affect us and are there maybe studies that could help us really turn something around. I've read some studies and books about how in the past there were clinical researchers uh, who actually facilitated the treatment of mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, PTSD, and uh, I for me, this is such an important topic. I think that anyone, and like if this, if there's any one chance that this actually can help, this is so worth talking about and this is so worth exploring. So I wonder what other studies that you are aware of um, that are undergo or that are important to you that you've wanted to um, bring people to the awareness of them. Yeah, I mean, currently there are many studies um, conducted compared to earlier in Europe and also in America. And we, these studies are not relatively new. They were also already like done in the 50s and 60s. But what is new that everything is really controlled, that you get IRB approval, like you have ethical proof for these studies. And the barriers to conduct such a study are super high. Nevertheless, uh, first findings in phase one and phase two trials using, for example, LSD or psilocybin to treat social anxiety of terminally ill patients, a study in Switzerland by Peter Gasser, or also even um, treat um, substance use disorders with these kind of substances from the point of view that you can actually maybe erase the memory in the brain or actually rewire the brain to know that the addiction is going away. So that these are huge things and it sounds really exciting. That's fascinating. It's fascinating, but it's all small scale studies and some people who have proved it. And nevertheless, we need to see what the phase three trials bring and whether the, these medicines can actually really become or this currently legal drugs can actually really become medicines. Yeah, and in California, we actually had, or are having in, in about a month or so, uh, the election ballot where you can vote uh, to include some of the psychedelic use in the medical uh, usage uh, to treat any kind of mental health disorders. 
So uh, I'm I'm really hoping that something will come out of this. What are what are your views on this? Yeah, I mean it's super exciting that this was brought to vote, and I think it's important um, for all the studies that are currently conducted. It's also important to mention that there are inclusion and exclusion criteria. So, for example, people with a bipolar disorder or people with a psychosis will probably not prof uh, benefit, and it's just like the risk is too high and safety by administering drugs uh, with a psychedelic effect is not uh, provide, guaranteed. So these studies cannot be conducted, but for certain other things like depression or anxiety that cannot be treated otherwise or chronic uh, com upcoming repetitive uh, disorders, it can be really helpful for some of the people. And also at UCSF there is currently a study conducted, the first group therapy study where actually psychedelics are administered for um, uh, treating this demoralization and really severe depression. It's a study by Josh Woolley and Brian Anderson that I just met today and the first initial findings of, of the ongoing study are promising because people really improve in these symptoms and they could actually help but at least there are people already improving before uh, the intervention actually happens. So it's not just administering a drug uh, but it's also having these integration sessions before and also after the studies. And the good thing is, like um, compared to other drugs that, and antidepressants and stuff that you actually take for months and years, these kind of treatments or the drug is actually only administered like on one day or on three days within a 12-week or three-month treatment or whatever the, the, the time frame is. But it's just really few sessions that are facilitated by actually using these drugs. By the psychedelics. Yes. So only a few sessions are needed compared to months and years of having antidepressants like SSRIs um, and that's huge because that means that we can treat someone just within a few days and not need any, well potentially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would be just, nice. Yeah, would be really nice but instead of keeping them on drugs ongoingly and keep prescribing people something every time which is really powerful. Yeah, I mean, most of the like surrounding narrative or like rational about these studies is built on that people in today's society cannot really cope with losses or they don't have the room or with uh, other things like being gay or like um, having AIDS or other STIs. This can be like related to a lot of shame, so people don't talk about it. And by not talking about things that happen in your life, including sex sexual assault or rape, like anyone can be traumatized by these experiences and by just putting it down and going on as if nothing would happen, that can actually create these mental health symptoms that can then be maybe better coped with when bringing them back to memory, but in a state of mind where you can actually work through them yeah. and help. I hope that more research is actually in support of that. And that I know that um, we really need to shift the mindset about the drug and how we approach it and what role it plays in our society and if we start looking at it from um, from something scary that you need to distance yourself I think there's a lot to learn about compassion and acceptance and even the role of the drug itself and it's not something just to escape it could be something that helps us deal with our problems and unresolved issues that we just suppress, as you said. So this is really powerful.
yeah, I think we can go from there and looking at altruism as something to achieve like for everyone. And at the same time, when we look at drugs, we want to have like more honest conversation about both the risks and the benefits of drugs. Right. We want to learn more about the drugs mm -hmm. and the barriers that we currently have, especially with research, is research funding on one side. Like these studies are not really getting funded or it's not in line with research priorities of the national institutions. And the other thing is like the legal status, like everyone would like to have more evidence uh, showing that some treatments or even like including psychedelic assisted psychotherapy are helpful or not and let's prove us wrong like let's prove the whole science that is upcoming wrong but to prove it wrong we need more research right and this is not really easy to do so uh, what I'm hoping for the future is really that the barriers are getting lowered that more young researchers get empowered and that more studies can be conducted that look at samples and drug use realities in different kind of ways. And this is what should shift drug policy and not ideologism. Yes, absolutely. And the acceptance to conduct these, re uh, these research methods. Um, I know that there is a lot of uh, resistance from uh, all kinds of governance and levels uh, of bureaucracy to fight through to get the permit. And so it's, it's definitely something that you have a mission it's all about like reducing the st stigma around people who use drugs, knowing and acknowledging that the vast majority of people who use drugs recreationally are doing relatively well with some health risks, mainly due to the unknown content and purity of the substances. But this is something we could actually regulate as a government or as a society. And going from there to the next point where we can say that like drug use is something that people were always interested in and something that will not just disappear, especially not with the regulation and legalization of cannabis in several states now. So people want to experience more, they want to explore more, but they may also want to live healthy lives. And that's where research comes in, where we can actually find a balance of uh, health, education and pleasure to actually teach people also that, for example, safer use or more moderate use can be more pleasurable drug use. Yeah, and just provide more informed decisions. That I think that's the, the whole underlying purpose of the research and making our society really uh, better educated and uh, really responsible for their decisions, not just because um, they are impulsed into something. So yeah, thank you, thank you so much really again and uh, I, um, I hope that we can talk more about some of the other findings that you explore and research and there's always, there's always new things that, um, that are fascinating and worth discussing. Yeah, it has been a great evening with you, Maria. And I can just urge you, everyone, again, like uh, in November and December, watch out for Global Drug Survey. Take part and share your voice. It doesn't matter whether you have used illegal drugs in your life or not, but you may have used other substances, legal substances. Everyone can participate. And we want to hear what people do and what people experience with drugs, yeah. what the benefits are and what the risks are and how we can make drug use safer for everyone who decides to do so. Awesome. Well, thank you again and uh, thanks everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.